Hello! Welcome back to Same Shit, Different Brain. I'm so excited to be back for this special episode with Mindless Mag. It was really great to be asked to do an episode on fashion and mental health. This was just such a nice way to get back on the Different Brain train. At the end of a long Monday, it was just a really lovely chat with some amazing women and we had a good old talk around loads of different issues such as clothing poverty and the impacts of fashion on our self-esteem, how that can hark back to school for a lot of people and bullying and the relationship that we remember forming with clothes then to perhaps help us to express ourselves. Um, We also talked about eco-anxiety and what are the best ways that we can shop now to help to do good for the planet and try to do our bit and we talked about how we relate to our clothes over lockdown how that's now changed after going back to normality and loads of other things such as the amazing work that Jade McSorley is doing who you might remember from series one she co-founded Lone Hood the amazing rental service they do a lot of exciting pop-ups in London definitely need to get myself down there because they look so cool and she spoke a little bit about her time on Britain's Next Top Model when she was younger as well and she spoke really candidly and admirably about having an eating disorder and how she felt it was really important to speak up about that at the time and the amount of good that that definitely did for a lot of people who looked up to her which is fantastic and we also had Sarah Holoban on who is an activist and fashion designer and she themes her collections around a different social issue each time to try and help people who've been through these issues such as trauma or sexual violence and it was absolutely brilliant hearing about the work that she's doing and how she personally interacts with victims of these issues as well. And then we had the brilliant Annabelle, who was the creative lead at Mindless Mag. And she is really passionate about social change as well. And I know when we've met in person before at fashion events, we've had some really good chats about how we feel about clothes and the things that we try to do to make a little bit of change and do our bit. And she's just a really cool girl as well. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Whether you're into fashion or not, I really think you'll enjoy it. It was just a lovely way to spend a couple of hours. Enjoy and let me know what you think. Yeah, just so I know uh, Annabelle and Sarah, you know each other, but um, Jade, um, as as I told you, she's co-founder of Lone Hood and um, you also work for the London College of fashion don't you I actually um I don't anymore I left quite recently actually um, because I'm starting my I'm doing my PhD and then Ah, work and then working for Lone Hood so I couldn't that's enough for one person oh (laughs) it is yeah (laughs) so I just yeah so um yeah so I've I I, I left there about um a month ago but I'm still kind of doing a few things with them so it's fine yeah Oh, that's great though. You can just like, focus on Lone Hood now and obviously yeah. PhD as well. It looks yeah. like it's really going well with all the pop ups yeah, and everything. It's very, very busy. I think. Um, no, but nice to meet you all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, you, Sarah, so you're, you're, a, you're a fashion designer, aren't you, Sarah? I am, yeah. And I um, I study at London College of Fashion, so I'm intrigued to know a bit ah, more about what Jade did. Ah, um, okay. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, what study- are you doing? 
Oh, no, I graduated. I graduated like three years ago. Um, okay. I studied um, bespoke tailoring in Mare Street okay. Campus. Yeah, that's the yeah. campus I was on. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. What did yeah. you do? You know now. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was doing my, I must have just actually been, I must have been there a bit actually crossing over. I did my master's in fashion futures. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, really interesting. Like, yeah, it looked at like sustainability and innovation in, in mm. fashion. So, um, but yeah, I didn't really see, see many other people there, to be honest. We were quite a small group of like MA students. And oh. yeah, we, we didn't really mix with everybody else. I don't know why nobody wanted to talk to us. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I mean, Mestre is a small campus, though. There's not many courses on there. No one really wanted to mix with the tailoring people either because we were all like not at <laughs> Curtain Road. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. I've oh, one in the wrong clip. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously we get together to chat about fashion and mental health, and um, there are so many avenues that you can go down with it once once you start to think about it. And I've I've done a couple of events that I've spoken at now, and it's just it surprises me how many new things come up every time. So I'm excited to see like what can come up for us today but to start off with how much do you think about the impact of what you wear on your frame of mind are you always aware of it are you thinking about it whenever you kind of put on your clothes are you just generally it's something that you know helps or I mean I doubt it hinders it so usually it's a positive thing for us that is a very good question and I've always been sorry I've got a bit of a cold at the minute so from croaking I've always been a a fashion lover I don't think it was until lockdown that I realized how much fashion affected or supported my mood so I always enjoyed like getting dressed and picking my outfits and stuff and then during lockdown I think many people resorted to just wearing trackies like the same set of trackies on rotation and after a few weeks of that I really noticed that my energy actually dropped and my motivation dropped because I felt like slump I don't know if slumpy is a word I'm going to use the word slumpy because that is how I felt I felt like really tired and drained and and that's when I really started to reflect on the fact that just being able to get dressed in the morning actually sets me up for the day and sets my mood and my tone for the day and I think I always probably knew that but it's really lockdown that made me be able to articulate what that was and how that felt yeah that's a good point actually because I'm saying it won't hinder it but yeah a lot of us have realized the more they were, put, they were putting on clothes for comfort the more we realize it could actually be to our detriment that's where the classic jogging bottoms and nice top outfit yep. <laughs> started to come in <laughs> and still does for me when I'm working at home to be honest but at least mix it up <laughs> there's nothing wrong with comfort and it's lovely to like no. sometimes put trackies on and you can dress up trackies going out with nice trainers and accessories but I think when that just became my go-to that's when it was like okay I really I need to shake out of this and when you're working from home it can be difficult to feel like you want to sit in I don't know flare jeans and a nice shirt because just like I'm, not, I'm on the sofa why do I need to be wearing this but actually for me it, it does help me working from home just to get my morale and my mental state in the right place for for doing anything, really. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? Because I know, Jade, we talked about it previously, didn't we? Saying a similar thing about, obviously, just with the comfy clothes. I think we were still just coming out of the last lockdown, were we, when we talked? A 
a lot yeah. since then so I, I can't even think about tears and everything like that and can't even remember what the stages were <laughs> I know I, I know a lot on that po- po- that podcast um I mean I'm still I'm, I'm still in the kind of comfy clothes at um kind of mindset at the minute when I, I had in my head after p- the pandemic that I would like you know go wild and don't yet care what I wear and you know go extreme um but that kind of hasn't happened yet <laughs> probably from yeah. just been a little bit lazy but um but I, I don't know like with I, I definitely fashion has always been something that has been really important to me I think yeah. it was probably more important when growing up um in my teens when I was probably trying to find my way of finding who I was basically and trying to express myself and be creative and you know in school I was pretty like bullied quite a lot um but it was but you know it it was it was fashion that actually I felt because I started to play around with my style and and people started to like what I was wearing and that kind of gave me a sense of confidence and then in a way it kind of I mean it probably shouldn't but I felt like I was more accepted in a way um and kind of fashion became my my armor in that sense and but as I've kind of grow grown up I think I'm a little bit older than you guys um but I'm definitely like more at peace with myself so I don't feel as like I do need the clothes as much as I used to in order to kind of give myself that confidence however I you know I went to speak at an event last week and I bought like well I didn't buy a rented actually a, a dress that was quite um a bit out there but it made me feel a lot more confident to kind of get up on that stage so I think yeah. sometimes it's like you know those events where you just need that little confidence boost and I think what you wear really kind of you know sets your stride like Annabelle says definitely yeah I can I can relate to that and I can relate to the thing about school as well um you know I, f- I felt like an outsider quite a lot and in a way I think maybe I played into that by dressing differently but at the same time I do I can definitely relate to what you say about feeling more accepted when people like what you wear but it's it's you know it's not something that's like frivolous it's 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 kind of us being accepted for what we're putting out there and like you say when you're being creative with it it's like people like the creativity that you're putting out or they like you know fashion could be a form of art so it's a it's definitely a nice way to be accepted I guess and to um, have a talking point with people um Mm -hmm. what about you Sarah oh there's so much to like go on from that oh my gosh um (laughs) well I mean I definitely agree with Annabelle like I definitely going back to the lockdown like there was definitely a point where I got very comfortable with like my pajamas and working from home, like trying to move from my bed to my workspace where I was still like sewing and I created like a mini little studio in like the spare bedroom. I, I had to change my like um, my outlook and my environment a little bit. And just by changing my clothes and actually getting dressed really helped keep me motivated to like keep working. Um, because obviously there were so many like highs and lows in lockdown, like everyone like so many emotions of feeling low and um, feeling like it's never ending. Um, And then also feeling like a little bit of hope, but then getting it shattered again. So like to have that way of like using clothing to just like get you out of bed and keep you motivated and putting on a bit 
whatever makeup you need to put on or none if, if you don't want to do that just changing your clothing I think helped me a lot and that really um impacted me on my um like mental health with my fashion it was crazy how much you realize it actually affects you until like you don't think it affects you for so long until something like that happens where your environment completely changes and and the way that you want to wear your clothing changes it's just crazy um I- I think what the um just to, on that point there I think I feel like with the pandemic people have realized that actually how you dress is not for other people it's for yourself mm. you know like we yeah, don't totally. dress for anybody else but actually now you're realizing that oh no I dress like that because it made me feel better like not yeah you know we're not there dressing to satisfy somebody else whether it's a guy that you're dating or you know the the other person you're trying to impress um it's about how it makes you feel and yeah, they probably exactly. don't even see it, you know, like from the, the head down, nobody sees what you're wearing. So it's <laughs> yeah, so a true. nice thing to realise, I think. Yeah, I think having that like level of acceptance of like knowing that like what you can wear is what you want to wear and not have it be judged by anyone else. Like I I definitely relate to you guys as well. Like I was um I was bullied a lot in secondary school as well. Um and for like a really long time, like I would wear clothing that I felt made me fit in with people but and there was a level of me liking what I was wearing for a while but it it never really felt like me or it felt like it never felt like me and how I could express myself Mm. and um for like when you're getting bullied like your confidence like is shattered and like all your self-esteem just goes and like also like we kind of grew up around like the internet as well growing up in that time so like you can easily get bullied through online as well which is what happened to me like got oh, bullied in school no. and then online so it's like never ending right um I didn't and- have that you know I, I was like part of probably the last generation that didn't have it so I, I really feel for you because I can't even imagine having that extra I can't imagine how school. it would have been with social yeah social as well I mean no it must yeah. have been awful it must have been yeah it just felt like you could not really escape it um yeah. oh god and like when you've got so um low self-esteem like you want to like fit in and you want to like yeah. try and impress people so like yes. I used some clothing or I used clothing at one at a big period of my time when I was quite young that to like wear what I thought like would be accepting um yeah. but then when I was like then beginning to surround myself around nice people basically <laughs> um you know your confidence goes up a bit more and you become aware of who you want to be and then I was managing to self-express myself through my clothing and I just I think that's a really important place to get to you know no matter what point you get to in life you know you can get to that point at any time but to just be your true authentic self through your clothing um you know can really help make you just feel content in life I think I think sorry just sorry Becca I feel like everyone but all of us here sort of have had this journey of starting with fashion perhaps for external validation or wanting to fit in and over time whether it's through the pandemic or other experiences we've, we've all come to at that realization that actually fashion is best when it's used as a tool for for yourself for self-expression not for the validation of your peers your boyfriends like we're saying Jade like I feel like all of us have sort of had that journey which is really amazing but I know a lot of my peers still haven't had that journey and some people won't want to some people will always want to dress because other people say it looks nice and that's what gives them validation but for me 
that's what drained me. And I think that's why I struggled so much in lockdown, because if nobody was seeing my outfits, what was the point in getting dressed? And that's probably why I resorted to to being joggers and pajamas and stuff. So to get to that point where I can now dress for myself, that's the motivated to want to put clothes on because I know it's going to make me feel good. And I feel like that resonates with all, all of you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like that's sort of where we're all at with clothes. Do, I'm, I'm interested to know, though, Annabelle, do you think that um, it's changed the way you've dressed? Like when you do get red- dressed, is it like different to how it was before lockdown? At first, it was in a negative way. So um, after the first lockdown, and we sort of had that summer break, I was really paranoid to wear anything tight fitting because I'd worn baggy clothes for so long. I don't really think I lost or, or gained a significant amount of weight, but I just felt so paranoid to wear anything that was revealing or mm. skin tight. That has gone over time, and I think I'm now in a much more positive place. And my style my style changes all the time I'm not wearing the same thing I was even a year ago I'm not like someone that's got a consistent like 80s vintage or punk or something I'm a bit of everything but Mm. um, it's in a much healthier positive place than before the pandemic when I thought it was healthy but now looking back I'm like actually this is it this is the shit now (laughs) yeah yeah I think I think can definitely relate to that I think I did have like you Jade I had all these ideas in my head of I'm going to make so much use of all my best clothes and I'm going to just go really out there. I don't think it's changed as much as I thought it would, apart from now I am actually working somewhere where the contract that I'm in, I get to go to an office a couple of days a week, which is quite nice. And I was quite excited about that because I thought I could put in some different clothes and actually like be around people. And even though we, you know, we're saying you don't dress for other people, it, it gives you a reason to go out and put on a, a bit of a fancy outfit or some jeans (laughs) instead of joggers and so that's really good I was just going to say Annabelle mindless maggot doing the mental health month at the moment aren't you so yeah was that what was the the impetus for that have you had a lot of people sort of interacting with that and discussing how fashion contributes their mental health um mindless mag was was found we're a very small team there's only about five of us internationally at the moment but it was founded by my boss Laurie yeah. um, on the basis of she needed a mental drain and she started blogging and she found that she was blogging about fashion like nearly every other time she was like there's a right, there's a yeah. theme here um, and Mindless Mag was sort of founded on that principle that fashion and mental well-being are interlinked in so many ways um, so every year Mindless Mag runs a fashion and mental health campaign because it's completely intrinsically linked like there's no getting away from that Um, and what we find as well especially with like Instagram social media takeovers everybody has something to say on this topic whether they're confident enough or not to speak up every single person will have a a view and opinion on how they relate to fashion whether they think it's pointless or whether they think it's amazing doesn't matter what where they are on that spectrum but they have an opinion and what we try and do with Mindless Mag is create a safe space for people that perhaps don't think there's a space for them in fashion discourse to actually have a voice and say I think fashion mental health works this way I feel more confident with these tips and tricks that we can always learn stuff from each other Um, but it's one of our most noisy campaigns just because there's so many people that want to have a say on it which is really interesting yeah yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, it's something I've thought about for a few years. And I used to work for a big mental health company, and I was trying to enlist doctors to help with 
campaigns I was writing and like sending out to press and it got a lot of interest and like the um psychiatrists that worked with us they sort of validated it and said we do agree that it can have positive impacts on self-esteem and there are a lot of studies out there that have proved this and I think they even gave it a term called um enclosed cognition which is really interesting a lot of our um Writers have actually mentioned that term. Oh, this year. have they? Definitely yeah. A bit of um, a common phrase that people have brought up. And I hadn't heard of it before uh, yeah. either, until this year. But it's yeah, been really interesting to read. Yeah, it came up in my um, studies at uni, actually. It was like oh, yeah. they did a study on, um, like, I think it was like the doctor's coats. Like if you wear like a doctor's coat, people treat you in a different way and the person feels a certain way when they're wearing it. Um it's very interesting yeah. the psychology around fashion I mean there's a whole thing on f- fashion psychology so it proves that it changes the way that you you know feel and think about the world yeah that's actually um just made me think of a YouTube video from a few years ago it's a very silly one but it sort of relates um a lady wore a high-vis jacket in a public space and just went up to people and told them to do stuff and they did it just because she was in like a high really? it's not like fashion fashion but it is interesting how people respond to you differently depending on what you're wearing yeah yeah that's really funny at one of the events I was at recently there was a guy who he was visiting this future fashion fair that I was speaking at and he came and sat in the audience um and he was sort of saying we were talking about workwear and he was sort of saying you know I don't care what I wear to work I'm not going to wear a particular thing and I don't think I should have to wear a shirt either I just wear this all the time really this is my uniform I just wear like a he had like a navy polo or black jeans but it was like he was interested enough to come and talk to us about it and he still had his uniform you know his go-to thing so even people that think you know fashion's not me it's not for me and I'm not sort of buying into it they they still are in some way like they'll still relate to that particular style or it'll say something about them as a person yeah I, I when everybody says to me oh no 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 I'm not I, I, I'm not into fashion I don't do fashion I'm like like you do the choices that you make yeah it's still like you know you still close yourself you still pick those outfits yeah and um exactly. so you're always tied to those choices and um I always feel like with especially when it comes to you know in like today's society when we're thinking about sustainability and and, you know mental well-being and things like this we we choose things that reflect our ethos that reflect our values so anything that we put on ourselves whether it's a sustainable garment or you know vintage or something it's it's showing what you kind of believe in and it's less today I would feel like it's less about what you have it's more about who you are I mean, you could go down the whole rabbit hole of like, you know, why we buy fast fashion and the psychology around that. Um, that's a whole different thing. But uh, things are changing now, I think. Things are less about materialism. And it's, you know, less, hopefully less pressure on you having to wear an outfit more than once, even though I know that's quite significant within social media still. But it's it's more about, yeah, wearing something that reflects your you and the message and what you believe in yeah although I I say that with Gen Z I don't I correct me if I'm wrong I'm just a millennial (laughs) I was gonna say I think I think they are really savvy with it like the young generation seem to be obviously there still are a lot of younger consumers who will buy into fast fashion um but I feel like the awareness 
is definitely there. Um, I mean, not when I was the same age, it, it wasn't. How do you feel about it, Sarah? Because obviously I know that you've... Oh, I don't know if she's... Fro- oh, you haven't frozen. No, I'm here. No, I was just really still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you think that um, sort of people... Do you think that you're on your own with that kind of thing? Or do you think that people around you kind of seem to agree? Or is there still a lot of people who really want the novelty of, of something new and like peers who post um, well, outfit, I guess like, new outfits for the sake of it? Um... I guess I could, I guess I could talk about the experience from around my friends that you know I'm around all the time because we obviously talk about fashion all the time and clothing. Yeah. I think there's quite a few of my friends that have like a mixed approach. Like they'll still buy some things from the fast fashion um, high street shops, but equally they will wear them like you know many many times. Um, and then you know I've got some friends that will alter their clothing um and then also like upcycle it change it a little bit um so I feel like there's a balance you know um but I I do feel like people still I mean obviously people are still buying fast fashion because all the companies are still there you know they're still making loads of money um I know that there's an element of them not really paying their workers so of course they're making a lot of money from that as well but Mm -hmm. there are still I still see people around me buying fast fashion um uh but I, I do feel like the consumer of that generation is changing, you know, in terms of like they are becoming a bit more consciously, consciously aware of who made their clothes and where it came from and kind of like what the fabrics. Well, actually, I'm not sure about the fabrics as such. I feel like maybe it's like from my perspective, it seems like it's more about um, the stuff that's more in the media of um, like how cheap the clothing is. But I, I still feel like there's a big problem with people who, well that clothing is so made out of so much plastic and how that can really affect us and I feel like a lot of it is not really visual so I feel like that's quite hard to get your head around which is understandable um but yeah so I went off on a bit of a tangent there no but, it's um, okay <laughs> yeah I've, um where about, yeah. Bob, are you based Sarah I'm based in London oh okay yeah. I'm from Somerset though right I was just going to say for um, in Manchester being like at the heart of the cotton industry and it's where all a lot of the big fast fashion companies are. It's, it's, mm. it's sad really because there are a lot of good things being done in Manchester as well. The Manchester fashion movement who me and you have done things with before Annabelle. Um, there are movements coming up but it's like you want them to move a bit faster and you want them to be more of them like Lone Hood as well because you're really doing a, a hell of a lot there with the pop-ups as well you know and um, when we spoke about it I didn't realize how big of a thing that would be like with physical events as well so yeah. it looks great is that something that you you have on every week now with a pop-up event at the moment it's just for the month it's for the month of October but ah, we yeah. will be kind of doing more pop-ups and more I mean we've got still clothes swaps coming up with um you know Hackney Council and Kensington and hopefully going to branch out into more areas of the UK but again it comes down to like changing that kind of consumer behavior and and changing mindsets and the and the way that we um see ownership like owning fashion we realize like with Lone Hood because we're about renting fashion over than buying fashion we had to kind of bring the consumers on the journey with us and 
the reason yes. why we, we we work like the reason why we want to be involved in community is because we want to kind of bring everybody on with us because we you know it's we can't we're not going to sit and preach and say you should do this and you should stop buying and you because no. I know like I'm from a northern town you know Middlesbrough and it's you can't tell people to stop buying when it makes them feel good no. for one and also the price point for a lot of these kind of sustainable brands is really out of reach yeah so you need to kind of find an alternative find another solution or another an, another option for them to kind of be able to kind of go out and get that fashion fix and feel good on a night out or you know like if they need confidence to go to a, a meeting or a date or something need that and that's where kind of rental came in but um yeah. but it is kind of you know you you have to like work with people see what they want see like how you can slightly change their behavior or slightly think about it differently and you can't yeah. do that through a screen and you can't do that you know by um just yeah like I said preaching it's it has to be a collective journey um that we can do all together which I think is really lovely in itself yeah definitely and, and in person I guess it can be a lot easier to sort of move people and educate them in the way that it doesn't just feel like you're throwing more information at, at them in a yeah you know, saturated and then it's a conversation isn't it it's yeah. like okay why why don't you want to do it okay maybe you can do this approach or this approach I remember I used to work in like a vintage shop back up north and people yeah. used to come in and go oh no vintage isn't for me no no <laughs> I mean smelly it won't fit me no it doesn't like it's not my style <laughs> you know you have to like yeah but what about this why don't you like wear it with this or why don't you know it's amazing what you've got on now but just add this like vintage jacket. like you know it's just nice yeah. to like play around with fashion in a different way to, and then people see themselves in a different way and it's really it's really nice if you just like just, like break that little um that shell just a little bit <laughs> yeah I can imagine my dream is just to have a vintage store and just like talk to people about where the clothes have come from and just go around and buying trips and find amazing I mean clothes. that is the dream <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sell them though that's the only problem I find it really hard to yeah, yeah. well that's what I used to work there so I used to end up um, buying everything but I still <laughs> have it on now so <laughs> <laughs> but, um all of this has got me thinking about my my dissertation for my master's and when I was doing research a lot of what I was finding is that we've been sort of taught since really since all of us were like kids because we've lived in that age of hypercapitalism that newness is such a important part of identity like new clothes new cars new house and because we're so emotionally attached even though I'm aware of it I'm still emotionally attached to that idea of newness because I've just been taught that's the right thing to aspire to yeah so trying to break lifelong habits with people is really difficult and like you were saying Jade you just need to sort of once you've got the door slightly open that's it but it's getting that door open to have that conversation in the first place that's the hardest bit of getting people to change their minds and their approaches to fashion like I preach sustainability like all my friends apologize around me when they start talking about fast fashion brands and it's such an ironic thing because <laughs> they know how bad fast fashion is for the planet for mental health for garment workers because I they, they hear me talking about it but for some reason there's like we were talking about this actually Becky last time we spoke weren't we there's this yeah. action gap between people knowing 
how things affect them and affect the planet and being able to actually do something in person about it. And there's a massive gap between that and it's trying to bridge that gap somehow. And that's why these conversations are so important. Well, what, I think people don't understand the, the power they have themselves as an individual. They feel like, you know, oh, well, what I do won't make a difference. But actually, you just, you know, you're, the way that you behave and the way that you consume does have an impact. And it's them understanding that. But I also think it's really interesting, Annabelle, when you say that to your friends, it happens with mine a little bit as well. But do, I feel like there's going to be this growing shame blame with them. Um, with people like you know like feeling ashamed that they've maybe bought from fast fashion um yeah I don't know I mean I've seen it a little bit in but I don't know if that's going to become a bigger thing um, it's really, going forward it's ironic okay. that you like pointed that out because I've my friends will be like looking at clothes and like online shopping and they'll look at they'll say oh this is really nice sorry it's from whatever brand it is you don't need to apologize to me like obviously I'm not expecting my friends to single-handedly overhaul the fashion industry that's not what it's about but it's just I think it's just being open to the idea of change I'm not asking anybody to change habits overnight um but I'm just asking people to perhaps just think a bit more consciously about how they approach fashion and if they've got the means to access better fashion choices such as rental why not give it a go? If you've got the means to do it, obviously not everybody will be privileged enough to access that. Um, and that's where it's really important that we're not shaming people or guilting people into it, but it's just, mm. for example, um, you know, Pretty Little Thing, creator director Molly May, she's come under a lot of criticism because people are like, you could afford to support so many sustainable, conscious, ethical yeah. designers, but you choose to push fast fashion. Like, why is that? And again, not like calling anybody out. It's just trying to have that open dialogue and understand, I guess, the reasons why people make fashion choices as they do. And it's positive that that was such a huge reaction from people. Um, yeah. And that really got picked up in the media. I mean, I know she does generate a lot of headlines anyway, but it was definitely, it made it a talking point and probably did educate a lot more people on the topic in itself um so the in I, I probably I should probably even should be telling you girls this but I'll be fine I'll go ahead and say it so my friend's <laughs> brother was on the last um the last love island and oh, he yeah. and I know for a fact he would not wear any of the brands that were in given to them in love oh, island oh really that's good um so he went in with or like tried to be like an independent designers or UK designers to try and change the perception. Oh, of, that's um, great. Actively trying to. But yeah, trying to. Um, but it's still, you know, the island is all about fast fashion. So it's um, it what drives the show. So I yeah. think um, it was quite difficult for him to make a make a, a like a point but I think he tried his best so it is and I like mean, admire for doing that yeah because I would say every little helps and maybe enough people noticed that or maybe that was a talking point that I've missed I don't know like if enough people noticed or talked about it then it's yeah. done something hasn't it so it's you just need than... a, one brave person don't you just to kind of yeah. make a stand and, and and say no 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 that's not that's not right and it'll hopefully create more of a domino effect but yeah it's better than everyone going well there's no point so I'll just go along with it <laughs> yeah that's not how exactly. change happens and the thing is it's just going to get more and more urgent 
for the next generation. So it's maybe a case of, you know, people thinking, how is it going to affect? I don't, you know, people might not have children. They might not think about it that way, but there are lots of different ways that people are going to be emotionally moved, I think, to take action. There are so many different aspects to it. It's just that they might not be aware of them. Yeah. So yeah, the more people that talk about it, the better. Um, I, I think that's really good that um, he did that to try and like bring in independent designers, like going a, a, against the grain. I think that's so great. I hope he, yeah. I hope it gets recognised more to push. Yeah, that, like, I, I hope he. he I think he's going to um, talk about it more. But I think, um, I, don't know, I think you have to like maybe keep your mouth quiet for a little bit <laughs> before you Probably, can yeah, say but um yeah um but yeah I I'm he he did do it so um hopefully he will kind of make that known that he stood against it would he have been turning down money to do that as well or is it just part yes a hundred percent well that's even more brilliant then isn't it good for him yeah yeah um that's so good. I think also yeah. going on about um, people feeling shamed of like buying fast fashion. I, I have a lot of friends that feel that as well. And they often say that to me too. I think like, I think it's like, I feel like maybe it's similar with like climate change. Like there's so much going on that people feel like they have to do like everything to make a difference when really it's far more impactful if pers- like each person does like one thing and does it again and again and again and then they're more likely to keep going otherwise you know you can easily begin catastrophizing and thinking of like you have to do everything and just get overwhelmed by it um but I think just picking one thing to like try and change a little bit I mean you know I feel like it's it's very hard to fully stop buying fast fashion I mean obviously you can go to vintage clothing stores but also that the price points are too um easy to go towards so I think like forgiving yourself for like buying one or two things from fast fashion, but at the same time, consciously aware of being like going to rental. I think rental is an amazing thing. Um, and it's great that it's come back because that was definitely something that went on a lot. It, what like, I don't know when it was in the eighties or the nineties, but my, um, my aunt had like a rental business back oh. like a long ago, which I think is wow. so fantastic that that's coming back again. Um, because you can you can buy so many different things to wear at like an event um, and, and have it at a lower cost price and then have it and then someone else can go and wear it and it can just like carry on its journey around the globe or whatever I just think that's a great I think it's super I think it's really important that's yeah. amazing that she had a, a rental company back then but do you, do you know. know if it was for women's wear or because I know that obviously Moss Boss mm. used to rent men's suits before. yeah for ages yeah yeah, I, yeah they have no it was women's yeah it was women's it was like I think it was mainly like evening wear kind of stuff brilliant um vintage clothing yeah and then they would do like alterations as well if they didn't fit that person um or if they oh. wanted something altered um I don't know if they would have had to buy it though after that though I don't know it's amazing though she was ahead of her time I love it Definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have like a, a store then that people would yeah 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 yeah. obviously not online (laughs) no no oh my gosh no (laughs) through post (laughs) no it was a physical store yeah it would have been interesting to hear whether she had the same um reactions to rental as we do now because we still get the same kind of 
um, people coming to us going, yeah, but what about if, you know, it gets ruined or what about if, you know, hygiene or something like this? And yeah, and these are all like valid points in the stuff that we have like thought about and how to make that um, seem more appealing to, to people to rent um, by like partnering with like dry cleaners and um, and like, you know, obviously getting insurance things like that so we've definitely done that but um but I always just think like you know you sleep in somebody else's bed when you have an Airbnb Mm. you know you 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 rent somebody else's shoes from when you go bowling like I don't know it's like someone's too worried about those are they (laughs) yeah we're already like we're already doing that anyway so why is it why is it fashion that has been the last one within the you know the sharing economy to to catch on what what is the mental barrier there is it because we I can't see it been value because we're so you dispose of clothes so frequently so we don't value them so it's it's interesting isn't it I think it comes back to that external validation thing I think people are still a bit conscious perhaps of judgment from peers because fashion Mm. is such a personal choice you know the sharing economy is like everywhere these days Spotify is the sharing economy Netflix Airbnb every other industry is doing it fashion seems to really struggle to to break down that barrier as as efficiently and I think it's just because people perhaps still carry a stigma and perhaps because it's something like almost intimate you know the fact that you wear clothes on your body perhaps people are a bit cautious of that but like you said if you're sharing bowling shoes <laughs> you're kind of already doing it so you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. it's already happening so I can't get my head around it feet are worse than I know how people wear socks <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I hope so too <laughs> yeah so what do you think of sort of Obviously, we talk about buying less, but then we talk about, obviously, there is a big gap between fast fashion and buying less. And it's about, there's a lot of eco-anxiety, you know, even for people who are bought into it, they might panic that they might get so overwhelmed by it that they think, I can't do enough, like, what can I do? Or people just, you know, might not be moved enough to do anything at all. So what do you think are sort of like, the gaps in between or like the steps in between like other ways that are not so problematic like for example like charity shops are not always the best option you know there's there's still um questions around whether that's 100 percent um you know best way to to do it um car boot sales i know i i like to go into a car boot sale i've got my latest coat from there and i wear it absolutely loads long leather coat um and like clothes swap fairs as well. It's like a similar ethos to rental, obviously. Um, I think all of these things are things that people might want to buy into a bit more, but it's like, it just takes these movements, doesn't it? To sort of spread the word about them and make them fun, I guess, like market them in a, a fun way, maybe. I think it's taking baby steps and not expecting that much of yourself in in one go you know people do become stagnant in the wake of information overload you know when I first was learning about the horrors of fashion when I first went to uni um, because I was pretty oblivious to it for whatever reason so I got to my bachelor's degree it absolutely horrified me and I just felt like panicky and overwhelmed and like nothing that I did was ever gonna 
be enough and obviously on an individual level it's never going to be enough but it's only when individuals work collectively when we see action and obviously when I'm not shunning accountability off of brands because obviously brands more than definitely need to be playing their part in this but it doesn't mean that you haven't got the power to do something and it reminds me I think it's by Max Lucado my favorite quote which is um not everyone can't do everything but everyone can do something so it's just perhaps having a little trial and error with fashion access channels that work for you you can try charge shopping if it doesn't work go and try a, a swap try rental um there's not everyone's gonna like everything I've still not even tried fashion rental I love the idea of it but I've not actually brought myself to do it yet so that's something that I yeah, need to same. take a step yeah, come and get on the app exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just not putting too much pressure on yourself and obviously that's really easier said than done um, especially when you're in information overload state of mind but I think that's why having conversations is so important because you realize that everyone's feels probably the same way at some point in that oh my god I'm I can't make any impact I'm powerless but actually couldn't be further from the truth really couldn't yeah and even if it's like a mixture like if you have to shop in certain places if you really want to then at least mix it up a bit like just be open to getting something else every once in a while I'm not saying stop that completely right now and only shop here because you know they might not have everything available that they need or, or want and I guess maybe it, when people are shopping like for children as well I guess that's a whole different ball game of what they need to purchase and from where um the so two points so the, the clothes swap thing yeah um obviously at Lonehood we do a lot of clothes swaps mm-hmm. um and they're always super 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 popular that's good. but there's definitely there's a lot of families that come with their kids because obviously kids just grow out of them so quickly. Um, there's oh, definitely other good. like, yeah, there's other, there's like Bundley, which is another, there's a kids rental subscription service. I don't know if you've heard of them. They, oh, they, right. Yeah. It's a subscription service. So they basically give you um, clothes every, as the baby grows. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. So there's, there's some services that are coming up Um but yeah, it's always really, really popular. But we have noticed a certain type of person that loves a clothes swap and they'll come back again and again and again. And they they even like take things so they can bring it to the next swap. But they, they have a system and like it's right. very they're very like into it. Yeah. And it's like you touch on a really good point, Rebecca, is about how do you make it cool to yeah you know to the masses like not just the people that actually are just really into a car boot or really into a clothes swap I think that resale at the moment is doing a really good job of it it's suddenly kind of turned a corner and um I just worked for like a um a a vintage company called retold and they've they've just made Vogue so it's like because I you know yeah because she shoots the campaigns in in such a way that they they're quite familiar to to Mm -hmm. fast fashion brands you know you could see them you don't they don't look like oh this is a resale vintage like you it's not the idea you have it's like sleek chic minimalist it's reframing yeah and it's the way that you know the words I use account and the market inside is super super important and um and it's something you know that at Lonehead we've really tried to think about and like looked at 
you know how is Depop making resale cool like what what are they doing what are the messages that they're giving out are they like and a lot of them are kind of quite empowering as well um they they have like a the marketing is like come and join us this is a good thing to do and you know um so yeah I think just the messaging is super important um again comes down to not telling them to do it and preaching and saying this is the best solution just kind of saying this is a cool thing to do yeah. do you want to get involved yeah and I think empowering in the way that they champion individuality as well because it goes hand in hand with that because it's their unique pieces of clothing they're not clothing made to follow the masses so you know it's it's a great way for people to sort of feel um like they can stand out and they can say something about themselves or put something out into the world like we were trying to do when we were younger I guess I think you get so much more of a buzz if somebody says to you oh my god I love it what you're wearing you know say oh yeah like I've just found it for like 10 pounds at like this yeah (laughs) I know exactly (laughs) that's what I was doing sorry I was the one that found it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, um, it's a bit like treasure hunting, I think, going to places like yeah. places because you have to go in with a somewhat open mind. Like you're not always going to find what you're after. So what I usually do personally is I have a list of things that over time I'm going to keep an eye out for. And I'm probably not going to get it for the first three or four attempts, but at some point, surely I'm going to find it. And that's sort of how I manage it. But for people that are used to having everything that they want at the click of a button or in a shop readily available that's a big transition to get across and I think for the marketing point of view to get people to make that transition you need to be able to both cater towards creating a desirable community space to make people want to come into your fashion community but also still allow for that individuality and it's striking the balance between catering to both of those needs um yep that's really important to get people to make transitions to to better fashion choices that's why I and think to make it, yeah and, and to make it easy as well like it's so yeah. easy to kind of click the button like done pay yeah it's like you have to I think that's one of the things like you know with like car boots some people love the hunt some people don't like yeah. you have to make it easy for them to to you know to find the products that they want definitely. yeah definitely I'd I'd like when I said about the vintage shop like because I just step into like a vintage shop and just feel so excited to even be there but a lot of people don't think of shopping like that they just think I need to just go and get what I want I know where to get it I know how to do it and then just be done and they hate yeah. the act of shopping itself which which I guess is good if because some people kind of look at shopping as a sport and then they're constantly buying if people are only literally buying what they need they need and that's fine but yeah just where where do they get it from I wonder um I don't know I just thought of an idea I don't know because like some people who go in looking for what they want and because they know what they want um you know maybe there could be an element of there's could be like a catalogue online to like explain what they have I know the stock could be quite big in like a charity shop but there are some charity shops that do have like online presence where you can buy online and then you can like search for it a bit quicker um, that could yeah. be like maybe an option for people who want things more quickly because I also like you guys I like going in like not knowing what I'm going to buy and like I, I get a thrill off of that like I find that yeah. really fun and exciting but yeah it's a good point like not everyone feels like that um, and it's easy to forget when you're not 
thinking like that yourself so I don't know I, I, and I know Oxfam do an online website where you can buy things online um but then I guess it's managing like how much because they obviously receive so much clothing all the time and then vintage shops receive a lot as well Jade like how do you how does your process with your swapping go like I know it's all you a lot of it is in person but do you offer it online as well no so that's where the rental comes in for the app but the the clothes swap is we see it as more community building it's more like Mm. getting people in to offer them a free sustainable way to kind of um refresh their wardrobes and and but I know there's there's an uh, there's other um other places that do swaps online and have an online presence new wardrobe is one who are great and that's again like more like social clothes swapping like you know kind of swapping with people through this their platform but with us we yeah it's good and it's you know you get it's like on a token base but for us it was all about you know about the rental side making use of what we had in our wardrobes because we wanted to kind of help you know a generation grow make money from their wardrobes like be able to start their own like kind of micro businesses from from like their bedrooms much like what Depop does but they get to to rent it out and we thought about this like how do we make it easy like the, an easy option mm. for them to go to so it is very similar and familiar to them like other social network sites and you can follow people whose style that you like so you can curate your own feed you don't have to sift through like loads of different users to look at it also we we can you can like loan a look as as well as loaning an item so like you can loan like a high street dress with a, a bag um that's good or, or, and shoes cool. as well so so you can you know curate looks and yeah like be your own stylist in a way and then hopefully that kind of brings that kind of creativity back into fashion and people mm. want to like play around and express them so again that's you know rental it allows you to play with your style you're not committed to you know to buying something and feel like you have to wear it loads of times like when probably you'll end up wearing it once or twice it's like you can be a bit more like outrageous or a bit more like adventurous with what you're wearing because you you've only got it for a week um, yeah. so yeah that was so we there's so many different ways you could go down we were like oh, shall we yeah. bring swapping in shall we bring a you know if you love it do you want to buy it we were like, like no let's just mm-hmm. like you said Annabelle you have to stick to one thing mm-hmm. <laughs> just do one thing and do it good and then you know bring people on for the ride another oh. thing that um oh sorry I've no no go ahead mm-hmm. just gonna pop to my head um and I wonder if this perhaps prevents people from making like switches to rental and secondhand is perhaps like the inconsistency of clothing sizes between brands. You know, a lot of people oh, have yeah. self-esteem attached to the size of clothes that they're wearing. Obviously, if you try something on and it doesn't fit, but then you go to another store and it does, it messes with you. Even if you're conscious of it, it still messes with your head a bit. So I wonder if that's another thing that perhaps makes people just they're going to a brand because they know what the size is like. They know that they're going to fit. Whereas in a charity shop, I could get three items the same size and I'm probably going to fit one. And it's just that inconsistency of sizing. And I wonder, like, is that something that you address at all with your rental platform? Or do, like, how, how do you sort of navigate that, Jade, with, with Lonehood? No, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think a lot of brand, brands, they don't obviously represent 
every single size and you know and they're not diverse and the campaigns they show are not diverse so it takes a bold person to walk into one of those brands if they don't feel that they're represented and still buy from those brands and because we're peer-to-peer so we're person to person it's all your wardrobes it's not us putting that on so we want to create a, a community that is as diverse as our users. So it's if you see somebody who's a similar size to you or, you know, similar look or even, you know, you, you we don't define gender. You can be you can wear on gendered clothes if you want to. As long as those are on and people put them on um, and you see somebody, it's like, oh, like she looks great in it and she's a similar size or similar you know shape to me. And then you might want to wear it and it might be something that you've never worn before but you think she looks great um so I just want to ask do you have the option to like message um the owner of clothes and say do you have the measurements so if someone wanted to perhaps get measurements before they rent it would that be yeah see that yeah 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 we have an in-app chat and yeah so you can kind of form a relationship and say you know can you because you know with rental like if if you don't you have to be as clear as you can be on the description because obviously if the, the person gets in it's not it doesn't fit them then it's it's up to the person that's renting it out to be as clear as they can be mm. um but yeah i think the size and it just been as diverse and as gender fluid as possible is something that's really really important to us so um yeah we will be tackling that going forward <laughs> Love it. And and that is cool to people now as well, isn't it? Like, you know, not not conforming to the idea of gender and just being more fluid with what they wear and what they're able to wear. And yeah, you know, you even have big stores now, like big household names who are, are not labeling kids' clothing with gender. So yeah, that's great that you're doing that. So I don't know. It sounds like I've set your homework now, but I don't know whether anyone got a chance to watch the clothing pop. Probably exposed film, but I just I'm sorry, I think it's a bad student. No, no, sorry. no, <laughs> detention. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to give like an overview of um, it sort of ties back in with you know, when I think about fashion and mental health, I think about what it's done for me, and a surprised amount of people do say, you know, it goes back to school and they felt um, bullied or left out or whatever, and they found they were able to express themselves through clothing. But this clothing poverty exposed film, it's like a partnership with this um, scheme, this shareware charity scheme, which I hadn't heard of. And it's a clothing bank, basically. I think they're based in Nottingham at the moment, but they're getting a lot of traction. They went and showed the film to Jeremy Corbyn and he wants to help. And it's basically um, for people who obviously can't afford clothes, whether it's for children who can't go to school because they haven't got a clean uniform or a uniform at all or whether it's someone who's just come out of prison they've just got the clothes on the back or a homeless person who wants to get their life back on track so I watched that and I thought god it gives it a whole new meaning like it literally people go in there it's it's really tear-jerking when you watch it people go in there and they can't believe they suddenly are able to just have this sense of pride and purpose again and they interview some of the people who go in there and get the clothes because I think when I've always thought about clothing banks I always think about like the big green bins outside the supermarkets and no one's really quite sure where they go and some people say oh it doesn't really go to the right people so I just usually take to a charity shop but I never know kind of whether that's the right thing to do 
now you, you never know what's what's 100 percent um unproblematic <laughs> but yeah that that was another really nice way of looking at it and thinking about how clothing can really give people purpose when I am um, I watched the video that you sent on Friday when I was uh, cooking yeah. dinner I had it on in, on the side um and it's it's something that I think I'd come across like obviously clothing poverty but I don't think I understood the extent of the situation till no. and like I said it was quite it was an emotional thing to watch because you know for a lot of people that are living in poverty or struggling you know things like food and shelter come first and clothing gets bumped down the the hierarchy of of needs or essentials yeah. um, and access to clothing is something that I've probably taken for granted most of my life not realizing mm. like how losing access could could really affect your mental well-being, affect your self-esteem, affect opportunities. Like if you can't dress for a job interview, then are you going to be able to go and get a job? Um, and I, I've never been able to afford like luxury clothes. I've, I've I've never not had access to clothes. I've always been able to really dress for how I wanted, and I really had to put myself in other people's shoes and think how like how would that affect you mentally? Like if you didn't have access to that, and just what this organization is doing is just giving people that choice like giving people the freedom to choose their identity it's unbelievably powerful it really is yeah exactly yeah choosing an identity it's like you know we we can all sort of relate to that like having a work identity or an identity when we might go out with friends or whatever um but literally people feel like they have no identity at all it it made me feel like a bit well very humbled a little bit ashamed that you know when I was younger I I would just get store cards when I wanted like the latest fashions like I wasn't I'd shopped vintage but I would still shop at like top shopping places quite a lot and I wanted more and I just wasn't very um conscious about it really so it's a really good watch yeah I I watched um sorry oh no you go Sarah um I I haven't finished watching it. I watched the first half. I oh, will yeah. finish watching it after. But I thought there were like the points that they brought up in terms of um how like like I just I never really thought about it personally either. Um and I always do wonder where those bins that you put clothing in outside do go. Um because I put some clothing in them like a few months ago and then I was like, I don't actually understand where this goes. Like yeah. there's no proof really online. Always oh, like, wow. do you, how do you believe it? Um, and like some of the points that they were bringing up, just like reiterating what Annabelle was saying, how like, um, like some people in the household, if they're all sharing coats, and that means that they all can't go out together because it's cold, like because they're all sharing a coat. Oh, Only God, a couple yeah. of people can go out. Like how limiting those opportunities can be. Um, I just think it's really important to like bring that to the forefront for everyone to know about. Um, and with yeah. this company, I mean, do you send the clothing? Because I haven't finished watching the video. I just wanted to ask, do you send it to them? Or like, do they come and pick it up? Or how does it work? I think people go in and, and drop them off because at the moment they've just got one um, okay. physical location, but they want to expand and have them in major cities around the UK, which it sounds like they're getting the right support. So, yeah, hopefully. Um, they'll, I think they'll it's grow. really important. Yeah. especially people that come out of prison as well I mean they, they go in wearing what they they, yeah. they go in wearing some clothes and then they, when they come out they they get given the same clothes and you know still struggle to go and find housing and go and find a job for, to bring like to allow some there's so many barriers that 
they're faced when they come out of prison because a lot of people don't want to take them on for jobs you know yeah. all, all that stigma that's attached to it so like to the clothing aspect just goes to the bottom of their list because that's just not a priority the priority is finding you know shelter to have and warmth and food and yeah. clothing can come last because even if it's yeah it's just it's just crazy there's a lot of stigma attached to it as well I think if you can't like yeah. wash your clothes um but you still need yeah. to wear them because that's the only clothing you have sorry Jade <laughs> no no it's it's no it's like you girls watch it I feel like so terrible that I haven't and also oh, sometimes no, I can no, probably no. be an emotional wreck when I do but yeah, I think you I know think we have to you will we have to <laughs> well yeah we have to we have to face these things though you know, mm. just because we're scared of being upset it's um stuff you know if we have to look it in the face um but I just when hearing you girls speak it's just it there seems to be like a a lack of trust in these kind of you know obviously these organizations and you say you see the bin and you don't know where it's going mm. you you recycle at home and you don't know how it's been treated. and I think that kind of trust is a huge issue we obviously as a society just have a lack of trust in yeah. these kind of processes and how can we change that is that a, a government thing um you know it Definitely. like well, yeah <laughs> exactly so and, and there was another another point I was going to just say go back to Annabelle and like you know when she was saying like choosing your identity I also think there's like we need to think about how we judge people based on what they dress as well it's obviously there's we're talking about how clothing makes us feel mm-hmm. maybe because we're so aware about how other people judge us um so it's you know it's a double-sided thing and I just um we have a lot to learn yeah definitely and it's it highlights the other like the flip side of the coin it's like we're talking about educating people on where to buy but also I realize I still need educating and um we're saying that we all probably do about um how can we help more Mm -hmm. a lot of people do help how to help other people get clothes as well as where do we get clothes for ourselves so it's it's great that new issues like this are being highlighted definitely Mm, yeah and I sometimes see um people involved in creating workshops to help um to for like homeless people so homeless people will come to the workshop and you know they'll have like a hole in their garment and um people are there to teach them how to mend it or to just mend it themselves back for them um and I I think more of those things need to happen that's something I really wanted to do before the pandemic to like team up with um a homeless charity to help like with patchworking and stuff um so oh yeah that would be more of those things need to happen there's so many things that you can do just like instead of just giving like you know just giving an item of clothing there's other things you can do to like help you know with reskilling and um and bringing them into kind of workshops where they're learning something as well and um sorry to to bring it back to rental but no um uh we we were like thinking about this as a team and we were you know we were saying that look anything that we try to do for good sometimes has like an unintended consequence um that we didn't necessarily mean to happen and and with rental it's you know you're closing the loop on fashion you don't need to create anything new so how does that affect those that rely at the you know 
within the supply supply chain who rely on that work to create new were literally taking away their jobs and even though their jobs are not well paid and the conditions are so terrible they still, still rely on that them. to feed and clothe the back of their family so you know I, we need to think about that as well we need to do something that is going to put back and help and not you know just think oh we're solving this problem for the you know very white middle class mm. middle class what you know privileged people it, you know you have to think about it holistically on, on, on a whole and I think that's as consumers and as businesses we we need to think of the bigger picture rather than you know just yeah our one kind of narrow-sighted view of it that's so amazing that you're sort of thinking of every single aspect of it like that like doing such amazing work trying to fill in well you can you can only try and it's like you know not been like coming across as like you know you don't want to come across as like we're trying to solve everything you know but you can try and like you know workshops etc and just offering something and um I don't know just trying just try (laughs) yeah exactly the education in itself it's it's yeah so important yeah spreading the word I'm really glad that you um, actually brought up the, the aspect of the, the people in the supply chains because obviously fashion and mental health affects consumers but actually it affects every single person behind the scenes in fashion that doesn't get a voice you know when we at Mindless Mag when we talk about being a platform for for people to have a voice in fashion unfortunately we're still very much on the consumer side of that. and whilst it's good to have oh their... is that Ludo? Ludo sorry that's Ludo <laughs> she's just walking up <laughs> no, she's so fine. cute Um, it's just it's important that we're also creating space for the the voices that really aren't seen or heard at all in fashion unfortunately that's garment work is like how how does this crazy intense production line that fast fashion operates on affect affect them and you know that some garment workers like locked in the factories during the day like how must you feel as as a garment worker like the, the lack of safety the lack of safety measures um and that's a part of the conversation that definitely needs further amplification from everybody like working in fashion so I'm, I'm really glad that you um you highlighted that Jade because it, it's so important to, it, to address that yeah it yeah. is really important and, and you should um there's a I actually only found out about it not even that long ago I've, um garment workers diaries it's like a, a website oh. um and it's 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 interesting it really focuses on on, on the garment workers and, and oh, their lives and awesome. how um how we how we can better them or help to you know and make an answer that yeah that's yeah I've made a note as well thank you (laughs) I've um I've heard of this thing I don't know I can't remember if this has actually happened or if it was someone's idea but um there was this idea to create put to like add um like a QR code on um the garment labels in like the shops and Mm -hmm. you can then like track exactly like where your garment came from and like see like the story of like maybe like the garment workers because I feel like a lot like this definitely is being highlighted but it's obviously not being highlighted enough and and there's the element of like um not seeing it visually so Mm -hmm. out of sight out of mind kind of thing so it needs to be like at the forefront I think in order for people to see exactly what's going on to then you know really try and help it because the the working conditions are diabolical um there is a few companies doing that there's um you know there's there's obviously like loan design club that they use qr codes that every there's no product in their shop it's all through qr codes and they go to independent stores and they try to give as much detail as possible about every product that they have and there's also um 
I'm going to get this wrong. It's RFD. This really bad. I should know this. There's a type of thread that they're making where it's basically a thread with data. And oh, as, oh my god! When it's when it's incorporate, but it has to be from like production, and they're quite expensive, so they're not used obviously yeah. in in a lot of clothes. But the 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 idea was that you know that garment could be traced um, from production oh, wow. um, all the way through to, to consumer end of life. So in it, it's all in a thread. I'm gonna have a look because I feel really bad that I've forgotten what that is. Yeah, <laughs> um, always and I will tell you head at the most important moment. I always oh. get that. <laughs> it's all um it's all coming back to transparency isn't it and just the, the lack of transparency in um a lot of especially high street brands keeps it, it's working how they want it because it keeps consumers out of the know if consumers were very aware of what was happening I'm sure a lot of people would feel compelled to act quicker and change their actions quicker um so it's it's by it's unfortunately operating by design because the less the consumers know the more they can get away with and the mm. higher the profit margins and all you know all the other crap that goes along with that um so yeah transparency and i know like fashion revolution i know you all have heard of they do loads of amount of work on that they do the transparency index and everything um but again it's just getting people to engage in that information can be difficult as well yeah and especially yeah. if the companies are deliberately not showing it because they know yeah. that you know it's gonna decrease sales it's, it's so messed up yeah, yeah not showing it and also actively pretending they're doing it with greenwashing mm. yeah greenwashing yeah it's, it's really it's hard true. to I mean I don't know sometimes I'll, I'll see something and be like oh what's that brand and then look on the about us and try and read a bit I'm like I'm not sure if that's smoke and mirrors or not you just can't tell <laughs> whether no. they're actually doing something they they're bringing in a law now though um they? The CDMA, they they're bringing like that uh, basically brands have to be held account- accountable to their marketing claims oh that's and it's good. coming in at the, the end of the year so they have to basically verify what they're saying in their marketing is, uh, is actually did, true yeah. that's yeah. really good um we'll see if it makes a change yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, I'm so cynical exactly. now but I'm, no I'm no, not I'm very positive but it, sometimes it's like okay like it needs to happen now like I'm really yeah. anticipate like have so much anticipation about COP26 I'm just like what they're going to say you know what are they going to do is it going to be all words on paper and you know yeah, um, yeah. what promises are they going to end up breaking it's just the world we live in now isn't it so yeah exactly yeah and also we don't we have trust issues with them all as well so Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've covered some really interesting things. I don't know whether anyone's got anything to add that you wanted to cover. But actually, um, I'd just like to ask Sarah a bit more about her design work because she actually sent yeah. me some stunning images from a photo shoot she did recently and her work is like absolutely incredible. And I'd, I'd really just love to get some more insight into sort of how you got into fashion design and where your mental health sort of influences come from, if that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, so I started my business two years ago um and so my brand is all about raising awareness of social issues through fashion and the process I go through is that I pick a specific social issue topic to explore and raise awareness and then I interview people who have gone through these experiences 
um, whilst also drawing on my own experiences to specific areas. And then I um, use their experiences as the um, building blocks for the designs and then um, to visually show and raise awareness. Um, so it's so at the moment I'm focusing on mental ill health, trauma and sexual violence. Um, and um, yeah, so the, 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 my garments are like twofold. I mean, they can be used as conversation starters when the, when the person's wearing it. Um, but then also the, the customer can wear it because it makes them feel good as well. I mean, everything's handmade. Everything's handmade in my London studio or at least in London as well. I have an embroiderer. She works from home as well sometimes. Um, so yeah, everything's handmade and I've been trained in style tailoring. So it's all using the traditional tailoring techniques. Um, like there's no fusing basically. Like these garments are like built to last. They're mm -hmm. the way that they're constructed with like the canvassing to create the the shape of the body um you know a lot of the times you can have it standing up on a table and it keeps its form you know because of all the uh the structure behind it oh, but um the reason yeah the reason um uh I picked social issues is because I feel like fashion as you guys know is such a powerful platform to talk about these issues um and you know it started with mental ill health because of my struggles I went through as a teenager and young adult and ongoing um but yeah it's just a lot of stigma I've witnessed and had myself in the shame of you know going suffering with a mental um, health condition I, I just feel like it's just so important to talk about it I mean a lot of my garments I put in exhibitions um instead of like catwalk shows because I want to be there explaining the garment um abolishing stigmas and misconceptions um, through these garments um, and I've noticed that a lot of people are drawn to the garments because of the visual side of things and then especially if they because that is powerful because basically we there are a lot of people who still have stigmatizing views on mental health yeah so if I can draw people in through the visual side of things and then start talking I can then open up that dialogue open up that conversation and talk to them and hopefully you know change their um, their views that they might have had on on a specific mental health condition um, and, and it is quite powerful it really does open up that conversation people do want to talk about mental health I mean you know we don't not everyone knows everything about mental Ill health mental health conditions mental health stigma um, you know mental health symptoms like psychosis but I think just having that open dialogue and you know not um, having it as a safe space as well to just talk about it because we we're not expected to know everything um yeah. but yeah I, um yeah I just think it's really important and then my next collection is on trauma so oh. I'm in the interview process oh, um I've had quite a lot of people come forward for the interviews which is really amazing so great to know that people want to share their experiences and feel comfortable to do so as well um and yeah I'm going to be highlighting um trauma in a sense of like different types of traumas people can endure um, and then develop post-traumatic stress disorder, which is something that I suffer from personally as well. Um, you know, there's a common misconception that people with PTSD um, have developed it from combat, which obviously war is extremely traumatic and that can definitely develop into PTSD, but there's also lots of other traumas that people go through, you know, like sexual abuse um environmental disasters like a hurricane for example um 
and then also there's another element to the collection of having that hope you know of knowing that if someone has gone through a trauma at their own pace in recovery they can find hope and, and know that you know they can be res become resilient and developing that inner strength yeah and literally something beautiful can come out of it like to talk about it close. sorry oh sorry you froze then sorry if I spoke over you that's amazing that's that must be so such fulfilling work personally for you as well and yeah thank you for speaking about it yeah I'm really like looking forward to to seeing your your next collection because um I actually felt moved from the images that you sent me from the mental health ones um, and it's so important to create discourse around fashion and to bring into like the, the social issues that relate to it and um I think fashion is a very powerful way to do that and that's evidence through through the designs I've seen of yours so thank you for sharing that Sarah oh thank yeah, you Sarah, that's, that's amazing what you're doing I love that you're using fashion as a as a tool mm. for good yeah thank you how brilliant thank you <laughs> is anything else anyone wants to add to I would like to ask Jade a question as long as it's not off off topic but um yeah. Becky did inform me that you were on Britain's Next Top Model a few years back are you able to sort of share like, a bit about your experience on it you don't have to if you don't want to but I'm just very intrigued because I was a really big fan of America's <laughs> as a kid same so I was a bit fangirling when Becky said yeah Jade's gonna be on here like, oh. <laughs> uh well it was a uh, it it was more than a few years ago it was a it was a long time ago <laughs> um but yeah it's um it, it there was both I, I overall it was a very 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 positive experience it was obviously like intense the whole thing was um definitely not something that um I I was quite shocked that I did it myself but I'd come through um my own kind of illness um, I had an eating disorder throughout my whole teens uh, and suffered depression and um, I ended up going in kind of basically like a bit of a kind of you know what's the worst that could happen like can't get any worse than what I've been through kind of thing in my head um, and I felt strong enough to, to go to go back I was coming out the other side but um I was also quite probably quite naive as well which um sometimes is is good and bad um but yeah it was an amazing experience and it it changed my life basically um which is why I'm glad that I did it because and you know throughout the whole process as much as it was amazing it was also kind of like you know facing my own um myself and I I was I felt felt like a little bit pressured inside to kind of the girls were watching me a lot let's say like you know I was yeah. I felt like I was a lot thinner than all, all the other girls and I thought you know what if I don't be honest about my past it's going to come back and haunt me anyway so I told them I, I kind of told everyone that I'd had this eating disorder which prompted really positive things from some people um you know from from young people that were going through it boys and girls it kind of that it was good for them they were you know they said oh you know it doesn't define me and I I, I can move on it, I can do something with my life it's this is not going to hold me back forever 
but then obviously there was also the other side because it's a fashion industry and it's, it's very size orientated and it was you know it was very um you I, I I for some people I wasn't seen as a good role model um because I was too thin um and it was promoting um you know thinness within the industry but for me and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people who've had a anorexia or um who are, are bulimia it's never really about your size it's obviously something else um that is causing it um and it's kind of a misconceived um misconception of, of what the, the illness is um so I'm glad that I said it um and oh, I had yeah and I have very ama amazing people actually who helped me out through it my agent who took me on after I ended up modeling for models one and had a you know 12 year career as a working model and got to travel the world and you know eventually that kind of like Jade the anorexic girl from Britain Sex on Model kind of changed like went into the past and my identity it didn't it wasn't my identity anymore and I got rid of it down the I, I shed it off down the line um but then I also realized that you know as a modeling is yes you know it, it has like a responsibility and you have to kind of um stand up for what you believe in. you're not just like there to be a, a clothes horse in a way and things are changing now and um yeah trying to kind of stand up for myself a little bit more um but I, I honestly like the with the British Excellent model is is as hard as it was um I I wouldn't change anything and I don't regret a thing um but the, the show is is I'm so glad I did the show before Instagram and how reality tv is now oh, because god. oh my god <laughs> like at least Whole like you know it was game. like yeah it was like two months of like you know being in um a house with no you can if you called your you know home you could only call once every two weeks and it would be filmed and you'd end up crying wow. your eyes out you couldn't read anything oh. you couldn't watch the tv you couldn't listen like you couldn't do anything for two months you were just in trapped in this house and everything was filmed and that was like I used to try and hide all the time I don't blame um, you <laughs> but um but yeah I don't think I could have done it like they they asked me actually to do America's Next Top Model. It was um the Americas versus the British, the British American. One. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. And I, I thought about it for a very like a, a hot second. Where is it a hot second? Like a milliscule of a second. Then I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Done that. Move on. <laughs> Thank you so much for for sharing that story because yeah. I can't imagine it's easy to talk about. But I absolutely think you're a role model because you proved that it's okay to okay. stand up what you believe in and that you, you can get better like people that are yeah. going through it now you know there's help out there and you can get better so yeah, thank you for sharing that no it's good it's like you know it's just I, I don't think I'll ever you'll you'll live with it you always live with like these mental you know if it's inside you it's it becomes part of you but I think you kind of eventually start to love that side of you rather than fighting against it all the time um and it's what makes you you and um yeah yeah and it takes so much courage <laughs> it takes so much courage to like like tell people what you're going through you know um it does yeah yeah and yeah I think that's really admirable and really inspiring yes yeah thank you so much for sharing that mm. just I think it's really important to like know 
for like people to know that like it's just important it's a shame that like people like um like you didn't have you had negative reactions basically from it it's like it's it's a shame because obviously there are like people with eating disorders there are a lot of people who have eating disorders so to like have people speak up about it I think is so important because people then know that they're not alone in it even though because like I feel like even when you have a mental illness like when you have mental ill health there is that element of knowing that like there are other people out there that have it but easy to be stuck in your own head so I, I just think it's so important for other people to talk about it obviously if they're comfortable and ready but I just yeah it's, it's just to know you're not alone and to know that you can get through on the other side like recovery is possible Oh, yeah and I, I, actually, I actually think you know is I had a very different time I know it's not the same for all fashion models like they obviously have everyone's got different sides and there is an element where people like look at your weight and that needs to change and they have tried to target that but for me I actually because I was I used to work for certain um different different brands like e-commerce or more high street brands I guess um I had to be I had to keep my weight on I because it wasn't they couldn't they couldn't use girls that were too skinny because it was really promoting un, unhealthy yeah. and, and the industry is really starting to tackle down on that yeah. and you know so for me it was like actually you know got me out of it and made me realize that I had to be healthy and good to myself and kind to myself and that was the only way that I was going to keep going modeling and obviously I was traveling the world and I, I loved it so I didn't want to give it up so it's you know it's um it really helped me actually um I had a very different different take on modeling to like make some other people but um That's but great. yeah <laughs> it's good to know that there are you know people out there who are doing the right things in the industry um it's yeah been it's definitely definitely changing yeah yeah just needs people to put pressure on the industry and then it'll you know yeah um yeah thank thank you both for sharing it's I'm, I'm always so impressed when people are really open you know like I started a mental health podcast and I still I'm just in awe of everyone who comes on to speak because I know that I can see with you too how passionate you are about just wanting to help other people to get through similar issues. And that's the really nice thing about it. I think most people who do struggle with something and go through something, once they manage to overcome it, they want to help others. It's always so nice to see that, it really is. But if that's all everyone wanted to add, then just say thank you very much for coming to chat. I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice end to a long Monday and um i really enjoyed the, the topics that we covered there yeah thank you so much and thank you for everyone being like so open because it can be really difficult to speak about mental health especially with people that you've only ever perhaps spoke to on email like many of us have but um it's it's been wonderfully insightful and i always always enjoy speaking with people that are as passionate about seeing the industry change as i am so i've really really enjoyed it thank you guys no thank you girls for providing this space yeah thank you so much it's so lovely to like meet everyone and yeah it's been a really enjoyable you too it's really nice to meet everyone talk about all these issues so openly and yeah like a safe space it's important yeah thank you very much i hope you enjoy the rest of your evenings i I wanted to i wanted to ask actually what course are you doing what is it that you're doing 
I am. Um, I did a master's in fashion and business, which I finished a year ago. So I've been working oh, for, my for a year now. Yeah. yeah, it was a very lonely experience during lockdown doing a degree from my bedroom, but it's done. Oh, and it's yeah. All good, but yeah, well, well done, well done for getting through. Yeah, I can imagine that was a bit. Oof, gosh, um, I mean, masters, you don't. It's a, quite lonely as it is. So yeah, well done for. Getting good through. luck on your PhD. I'm really impressed with you. I don't think I could face studying for a little while. <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> I know. Well, my whole PhD is about um, di- fashion identity in, in digital worlds, but I didn't think it would wow. be right to go down that, that rabbit hole for this podcast. But yeah. The <laughs> next one. one. Next one. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Becky, for organising all of this and getting this together. Yeah, really thank you. Oh, yeah, no thank problem. So I love it. Yeah, enjoyed spending the evening with you guys. Oh, hope we get to chat again. Well, take care, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Bye, girls. Yeah, Lovely too. to meet you all. Thank you. Thanks bye. a lot. Bye, bye guys. Care. Oh, how good was that? I mean, I just don't think we could have picked better guests at all. It was absolutely brilliant hearing about everything that was covered there, and I just loved it. And I think it made me realise how important it still is that we keep talking to each other it was in lockdown when I started the podcast because I just really missed talking to people but to be honest I've never talked to people especially people I've never met on such a personal open level about mental health as I have since I started this podcast and it feels like people are doing that a lot more now and it's just what we need really isn't it we spend a lot of our time kind of just in our own heads going about our day or worrying about things that we have to do and just sharing with other people for a little bit about what's going on with us and you know things that might have happened in the past or things that we're doing now good and bad it's just really really heartwarming and I'm going to be launching the next episodes of the official series two very soon so look out for those i hope you're doing okay in the meantime take care and if you have time please leave me a review on apple podcasts thanks very much bye